0: Welcome, all you blokes and sheilers, to the Sports Shack from the Gold Coast, Australia. In the Sports Shack this week, we're going to talk about some of the sporting
1: topics of the week and go back in time with some of our favourite sporting memories from the past as well as the news and events, music and film, and lots more,
2: and all from and with our great mate, Paul Tonner. We acknowledge the Ugambe people, past and present, the traditional custodians of this land of the Gold Coast, we thank the Yogambe people for the opportunities to do this podcast on their land.
0: Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to this episode of the Sports Chat. <laughs> I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. <laughs> Hi, Glenn. i hey I do that now. I'll put the paper up near my eyes so I don't <laughs> see you bursting out laughing, because once you start laughing... <laughs> It's a chain reaction <laughs> <laughs> oh, So you've had a few dramas With technology this week eh? Just a few Yep <laughs>
1: and, yeah. I'm with you there <laughs> <laughs> And other, other issues And yesterday being Friday afternoon And thinking Yeah yep. okay Look, Saturday night Everything's going to go smoothly <laughs> Um Unfortunately, not so. Yeah. I'll try again
0: tomorrow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be another trip down to the bottle
0: shop yeah. this afternoon. Well, you got your bourbon. You've just cracked open your bourbon. Yeah. And yeah. uh, glenn has been sweating bullets, everyone. He's sweating bullets at yeah. the moment yeah. because he's uh, been setting up the uh, the system. Oh. The, yeah. The, Rep-
1: what's it called? Refurbing the the studio here and yeah. get it done and get it in time. He's done
0: a brilliant job. Had a slight technical
1: issue but
0: mm. it was still up and running. Well done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so apart from that how else has your week been? <laughs> <laughs> Can we move on and ask <laughs> that question next week? Oh, how about we go in the winners and losers? Yeah. Yeah, so um have you heard of a man called Aj- Ajaz Patel? Not many people have heard of him. Yeah. Have a guess what country he plays for. He's a cricketer. Pakistan? No. India? No. <laughs> plays for New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. he um, became the third player in the history of, the, of Test Cricket. To get a 10-wicket haul Yeah <laughs> Like he, Unbelievable He in, plays in New Zealand Yeah Yep he, He's a good bowler Like he, he's a left-arm spinner yeah. And he basically bowls off one or two steps Yeah And uh, Yeah I saw him bowling oh, About a couple of years ago Touring Pakistan in the Middle East And he won them a match there And uh Yeah, but they got flogged in this game. One of my losers is New Zealand's batting, all out for 62. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but incredible achievement. Yeah, 10 wickets in an innings. Amazing. Has
1: anyone else come close to that?
0: Last one I can remember, I think... Oh, what's his name? That Indian spinner, Anil Kumble. I think he got 10 wickets against Pakistan going back about 20 years ago. Yeah, but the one before that, that might have happened like 100 years earlier. Yeah. It's very, very rare rare it happens. I've seen nine wicket hauls. Like I remember back in 1985, uh, Sir Richard Adley. Yeah. He got nine wickets at the Gabba Test against Australia, cleaned us up. Yeah. And then <laughs> the final wicket, he took the catch. <laughs> but oh, yeah. that didn't count. Yeah. So if I was Richard Adley that day, I would have put, on purpose dropped the catch <laughs> and yeah. gone for the 10 wickets. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, another winner is uh, Chad Mostert winning Bathurst after six years, or six years after he um, had a horrific crash. At Bathurst and nearly lost his life, life at the same circuit.
1: Did he lose his life, today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, was scratching his head while driving. On.
0: Yeah, he had <laughs> lice in his hair. <laughs> yeah. And um, his co-driver, Lee Holdsworth. And apparently, did you see the highlights? There was an echidna on the track. No. That stopped the race. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the race that stops the nation, the... the, 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 the the race stopped making it An echidna Yeah
0: well, I've seen kangaroos Hopping around there yeah. Not an echidna <laughs> Like yeah. They've got pretty Spiky um, Spines on them Haven't they Yeah, yeah. And yeah. another winner Is Aussie Sam Kerr The soccer player Yeah she's scoring Goals galore Over in um, The EPL And in the FA Cup And the women's league Over there
3: yeah.
0: Did you see what she did <laughs> <laughs> she shoulder barged this intruder He came onto the field um, Yeah Sending um, base over Apex Yeah Yeah And yeah with losers Everton just continue the oh, Just down spiral Getting smashed 4-1 at home to Liverpool <laughs> And English cricketer Rory Burns, did you see the first first game? First yeah. first ball of the Ashes test. Yeah. Clean bowled <laughs> Mitchell Stark. And then in the field, the poor bugger he um, he drops a, a crucial catch in the slips. Yeah. And then in the second innings, he was on a pair and he was uh, uh, given out, but then yeah, the decision was reversed, and yeah, he only got like a handful of runs. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's he's normally a good bat, you know. Yeah, good solid opening batsman, but unfortunately, I know what it's like. Yeah, being an opening batsman myself, like uh-huh. cricket can just be a mongrel of a game at times. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> I remember there'll be times like you know you'd you'd get out, I'd get out for a duck, or get out for like one or two or. Uh-huh. And you might not get another bat for another month, you know, like if the weather's bad. Yeah. But you just feel like a loser for the whole day. Uh-huh. Yeah. But no, I don't think there's ever been a, I don't think that's ever happened in an Ashes series. You know, someone getting out first ball of the series. Yeah. Yeah. And Parramatta, once again, in the losers column. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just lunacy, yeah. Like they've signed um, Canberra Hooker. He's a he's a Pommie guy, Josh Hodson, right? Yeah. Now, by the time they've signed him for twenty twenty three, so he'll be thirty four years of age then, yeah. right? The very end of his career. So they they've signed him, and they've let go of a young gun, Reed Marnie. <laughs> like this is what this is typical of. What Parramatta have done over the years. Yeah. Like another example was uh, Anthony Watmo, who they signed from Manly. He was a you know, really good player, played for Australia, New South Wales. But they signed him at the end of his career when he's playing on one leg. Yeah. And he only played like about two games for them. Uh. You know, And they'll pay all that money. Just just dumbfounded. Uh. Labbergasted as Rex would say. (laughs) Uh And another loser is the umpires in the Ashes Test, not calling Uh no balls. Uh Yeah. So (laughs) David Warner, he got clean bowled by Ben Stokes. And, you know, they found out by using the technology that Stokes' foot went way over the front, over the line. But he basically for an over or two, every ball that he had bowled, his foot had gone over the line. Yeah. But the umpires wouldn't call it. So yeah. they, they basically don't call no balls now where they used
1: to. Why is that?
0: Oh, because they rely on, you know, oh, I've got technology there, yeah. you know, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And this is where it's just. What? They around?
1: don't call no balls.
0: <laughs> no. So what would happen before, and we'll talk about it with our Where Are They Now <laughs> guest today. <laughs> he was called. <clears throat> No ball for um, different reasons. Yeah, but, yeah, if their foot went over the line, the umpire would just put his arm out straight away because I've done some umpiring, and when the bowler comes in the bowl, first thing you look at is the popping crease. So you look at the bowler's foot, and then you look up, and then you look at the the batsman. Yeah. But they don't even do that now, pretty much. Yeah, they just won't worry about it. So why have them? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Just put robots in
1: there. Yeah. Yeah. Or just rely on the, on the, um, uh, yeah, just rely on the third umpire. Yeah. The technology. That's basically
0: all they do now. Yeah.
1: But but that, as far as I could see, that was to assist them
0: in making decisions,
1: Mm. not to cut it all out altogether.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, it's here to stay, unfortunately, and, yeah, like, you know, it's been happening. Uh, I remember the 2010-11 series, Ashes series, yeah, like the Aussies were getting wickets and, no, you know, you you don't get excited anymore if there's a wicket because, oh, hang on, no, he might have bowled an A ball. We better just wait. Yeah. So, no, it's just technology gone mad. Yeah. And DRS, I call it Nostradamus, you know, with the umpiring. Yeah, like with the LBWs. Yeah. Like how they can tell that ball is going to go on and hit the stumps, Mm -hmm. I'll never know. Yeah. Like, (laughs) ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, today we're going to go back to the 90s. And back to the year nineteen ninety five. So, what memories do you have of the year nineteen ninety five, Clem? Yeah, well, that was a long time ago. Going back a bit. Yeah, that was yeah nineteen
1: ninety five. Yeah, I think I was working. Yeah, I was working for me father in his air conditioning business.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be bloody hot doing that today. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, that- <laughs> Compared to doing solar. What did you do on days like today? Well, Well, especially solar, when it was hot and humid and...
1: Get it done as soon as possible
0: and stop at the first pub. Yeah. Did you ever see snakes up there when you are doing solar? No. No?
1: No, no. Never never saw it. But but there was one job I did out west of Kempsey... Yeah. But on the on the way home there was this freshwater creek. Yeah. And I used to just yeah, go down the track beside the creek and just jump in and just like mm. and go Ah
3: Yeah
0: cool down. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing good than getting in that cold water after a hot day. I eh? Yeah, up on the tin roof. Oh of, yeah. 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 And,
1: and then, on, then on weekends I go on fire fires, I go, What's wrong with me? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else was down the beach
0: swimming in that and that um, Yeah Fighting
1: fires and putting solar panels
0: on mm. Yeah No, with my memories of 95 um, Yeah, I just remember A lot of it centres around cricket really Yeah Yeah, because I remember uh it would have been the 94, 95 season And we didn't play that many games Because Like, it was one of those seasons where if it was, you know, with rain and and playing in the upper Blue Mountains, like, you know, when that mist came in, it came in. And basically you couldn't see two metres in front of you. So some of the games were called off because of the mist. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I ended up. You know, because I really wanted to play on turf. And I'd moved to Springwood, which is another further down in the Blue Mountains, because they played on turf. They had a turf pitch there at their home ground, La Park. Park. Yeah. So I played in the Nepean Comp and was playing on turf nearly every week. And, uh-huh. oh, it was great. You know, I just had one of those 94, 95. I was mm-hmm. just scoring heaps of runs, yeah. tons of runs, you know, just where everything came off. Yeah. And, um, yeah. A good season. Oh, yeah. 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 But early in 95, I remember I was playing for the Blue Mountains and we were playing against Orange. And the game had been moved from their home ground there at Wade Park to a ground out in Bloomfield. Yeah. Right. So Bloomfield's uh, like a. It's, it's got an incredible history, actually. It goes well, I've. Way back over a hundred years, uh, yeah. it's a hospital, and it was yeah. used as a, uh, a psychiatric hospital. Yeah. yeah, and but in recent years, you know, I think it started in the late eighties. They had a lot of uh, dementia clients there. Yeah. So yeah, the game got moved out there, and I remember, it, yeah, it was a hot day, and we were batting first, and I was opening the batting, and and uh, just every. Now and then, <laughs> someone would escape from this hospital and would just be walking around the pitch, <laughs> like <laughs> walking around, you know, naked around square leg. And uh, yeah, so you'd have to stop the game. Eh, uh-huh. yeah, never seen anything thing like it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and when we were fielding, there was a sky and I've run back to go catch it, and the ball has hit this thumb. Yeah. And I ruptured the ligaments in my thumb, right? And that that injury, it's called um, skier's thumb or gamekeeper's thumb. Uh, yeah, because apparently a lot of skiers, it's a common injury with downhill skiers and uh, they call it gamekeeper's thumb because, uh, you know, back in the old days, <laughs> I think they used to use it to snap the, the necks on rabbits and that sort of stuff, you know? Yeah. But oh, it was a bugger of an injury. and uh, But I, I ended up just playing the whole season in pain and it was still playing well. Mm. The final game we played, we were playing against our arch-rivals, Blackheath, who'd beaten us in the grand final a year before. Uh. And Blackheath's a ground. Don Bradman scored 100 in 24 balls or something there yeah, back mm. in about 1930 or something. Yeah, and uh but we we're playing them at our home ground and yeah, hit hit my best ever score. And yeah, just had one of those days where you're just in the zone and the pain I had in my hand just I wasn't even thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was the next day I had to go play touch football out of Portland in like forty degree heat. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh But geez I was fit then yeah. You know you, You're in your Early to mid 20s And you just Yeah I was You can Just go forever You're like an Energizer battery you yeah. yeah Couldn't do that now Yeah But uh, Yeah and I remember Everton winning the FA Cup Our times have changed <laughs> Yeah They beat Man United 1-0 I remember Staying up Late that night watching that and South Africa won the Rugby World Cup. Mm. Yeah, and that united the country and with Nelson Mandela, the president. Yeah. So we'll go on to the quiz now. So Livy, do you want to do the quiz or Yeah? Yep. Okay, we got three questions this week and they all relate to the year nineteen ninety-five. Here she is. She's back by special demand. We haven't heard from her for a while. <laughs> special demand or forced. And she's finished primary <coughs> school. Yeah.
1: Here she comes. They're just changing over. <coughs> dri- getting into oh, the driver's seat. Oh, sorry, yeah. How you going, Libby? Good. Yeah.
2: Here I am. Yeah. Should we start?
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, question 1. What was the name of the Aussie golfer who had his breakthrough major win when he won the US PGA title? That's it again. What was the name of the Aussie golfer who had his be- breakthrough major win when he won the US PGA title? 2. Who did Everton defeat to win the FA Cup final at Wembley? There's it again. Who did Everton defeat to win the FA Cup final at Wembley? Three. Former German tennis great Steffi Graf won three or four Grand Slam titles. Won three of the four. Sorry. Yeah, yeah that's right. Oh no, you're right. In 1995. What is the name of the former famous American tennis star she is married to? Mm-hmm. Done. Oh, I can. not yep. Okay. So we have the answers. Question one. Here it is again. What was the name of the Aussie golfer who had his breakthrough major win when he won the US PGA title? And the answer to that question is Steve Elkington. Two. Who did Everton defeat to a <laughs> Who did Everton defeat to win the FA Cup final at Wembley? The answer to that question is Manchester United. Question 3. Former German tennis great Steffi Graf won 3 of the four Grand Slam titles in 1995. What is the name of the former famous American tennis star she is married to? The answer to that question is Andre Agassi. That's right. Yeah. Do I read that out too? mm mm-hmm. He won the Australian Oh, she won. The Australian opening defeating no, he, won Australian he won okay. Won the Australian Opening Open defeating Pete Sampras. Cool. Want to do, um, a more? Yeah, hang on
0: Uh oh, we don't have it. This week's Who Am I? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good.
1: Yeah, because as we mentioned before, we're only running on... We're not running on full system today. Yeah.
2: All right. Who am I? I was born in Auckland, New Zealand in 1975. I am a former New Zealand rugby union player, according to Wikipedia. I became the youngest ever all black when I played the first international in 1994 at 19 years of age and 45 days. It was during the 1995 World Cup in South Africa where I truly became a superstar of the game and my performance established me as the biggest drawcard in rugby union at a time when the game had just became professional. In the 1995 World Cup, I scored seven tries in five matches, and my first try in the semi final against England is well remembered, when I ran straight over the top of England's Mike Cat to score. In 2002, the UK public voted my performance no- number 19 in the list of the 100 greatest sporting moments. I played. I played on the wing stood at 196 centimetres tall, 120 kilos, and finished my international career with 63 caps and 37 tries. Unfortunately, in 1995, I was diagnosed with a neurotic... Neurotic? Nephrotic? Neurotic? Syndrome. A serious kidney disorder, and later spent time on dialysis, and I had... I had a kidney transplant in 2004. I retired from professional rugby in 2007, and I was inducted into the International Rugby Hall of Fame. I died unexpectedly in 2015 after suffering a heart attack associated with my kidney condition at just 40 years of age. That escalated quickly.
0: So, my name is... Wait, where is his name? Where's <laughs> no, his name? Oh, going to... Reveal it at the end of the I'll show. Reveal it at the end of the episode.
2: Yes, we will. Uh, <laughs> thanks.
1: And then shopping driver's seats. <laughs> Paul's going to tag
0: teaming, go. eh, Libby? Yeah. yeah. Good job. Thank I think you can take my job soon. Yeah. You read better than I do. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. No, just going back to that um, third. The answer to that third question, yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, that Pete Sampras. Yeah, when Agassi beat him, and in, in the semi-final, he played Pete Sampras played uh, Jim Courier, who'd won a couple of Australian Open titles before. Yeah, and yeah, that was the match where Pete Sampras broke down crying a lot during the game. Yeah. Well, he played this epic five-setter against Jim Courier. Uh, and it was because, yeah, his coach, who we had a really close relationship with, um, yeah, was dying of brain cancer, uh, and yeah, eventually passed away. Yeah, Tom Gullickson, I think his name was. He was a former uh, tennis player. Yeah. Okay, so this week's, where are they now? Right, so we're going back to the world of cricket, and we're. Going to talk about a very famous cricketer, but a very, very, very controversial cricketer. Uh Matoya Muraliteran, but we'll just call him Murali because that's what he was most commonly called. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Matoya, or Murali, is a former Sri Lankan cricketer who is regarded as the greatest and most successful bowler ever to play international cricket. He is the only bowler that take 800 test wickets. So exactly 800 wickets he took <laughs> and 530-plus one-day international wickets and has taken more wickets in international cricket than any other bowler. And he was born in Kandy in Sri-, Sri Lanka in 1972. I think his parents were Indian, actually. Mm. Yeah, I was surprised by that. And he was a right-handed off-break bowler. Yeah, so do you know what a... <laughs> Know there, babe. You know what an off break yeah. bowler is? Yeah. So, this is an off break. I've got a cricket ball here, Glenn. See? All oh, right. that's how you hold the ball yeah. for an off break, and it's like turning a doorknob. Yeah. Right, but when Morley would bowl, it all was from the wrist. Uh-huh. So, when he bowled, right, it was like an optical illusion that he was throwing. Yeah, yeah where tests proved that he wasn't. He had a congenital deformity in his arm. So he basically, he couldn't straighten his arm any further. So that was as far as he could bend his arm like that. And all his movement was from his shoulder and his wrist. So when he was bowling, because his arm action was so quick, it looked like he was throwing. Yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't. And he was treated terribly, absolutely terribly. And even some great players today still believe he was chucking. Yeah. Tests have shown by mechanical analysis and everything that he wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, thankfully, he was allowed to keep playing because in the past… He was quicker than the
1: camera, was he?
0: Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I was listening. It's a, called the Long Innings Podcast. And in the, pl- in the past, players would be banned for if… You know, they were allegedly throwing the ball. So an example is Australian left arm quick in the early 60s, Ian Meketh. Mm-hmm. He got, you know, no balled in a test match against South Africa. Yeah. And that was it. That was the end of his career. And that, that, that would just happen to the players back then, you know, because they didn't have the technology. and yeah. yeah, but now, at least if they, you know, they call for throwing. Yeah. And it's happened to a lot of players in the last... 20, 30 years, yeah, they, they've they been able to, yeah. you know, am, uh, amend their actions and go on and have a successful career. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a leg break like that. Goes out the back. Yeah. Yeah. That's a warning delivery. A leg break. Yep. Warning. I thought uh, a <laughs> <laughs> warning. <laughs> yeah, so... Matthias' international career was, as I said, full of controversy over his bowling action. And according to Malcolm Conn in The Australian, this was due to his unusual hyperextension of his congenitally bent arm during delivery. His bowling action was called into question on a number of occasions by umpires and sections of the cricket community. Now, on the first day of the Boxing Day test in Melbourne in 1995, Australian umpire Daryl Hare called Moraliteran for throwing. Mm. Hare called no ball seven times in three overs and believed Matai was bending his arm and straightening it in the process of delivery, which is an illegal action in cricket. Um. And according to Peter Murray in the book, A Hundred Years of Test Cricket, that's um. the book you gave me. Yeah, it's a great book, that one. Eggs.
1: I was just thinking that, yeah. that, that now the umpires aren't taking as much responsibility as they used to. That's right. How a lot, How is a lot of this stuff going to be detected?
0: Yeah. Yep. No, it's a good question. Yeah. Mm. Well, see, the umpire at the other end, because he's, he's um, Captain. Arjuna Ranatunga got in the bowl from the other end and he didn't call no ball. So one, you know, the perception of one umpire is a lot different to the perception of another umpire. Yeah. Where in a one-day game against the West Indies a couple of weeks later, um, they are playing here at the Gabbers, day-night yeah. game. Yeah, and this umpire, Roy Emerson, he kept, um, he kept no balling him for throwing. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they toured a couple of years later... Um. Yeah, Renatunga just walked the players off the field uh. when when Marilly got called for no balling by Roy Emerson. Uh. Yeah. But Daryl Hare, you know, like he um he was controversial himself. Uh. You know, and he went into that Test match like pretty much pretty much determined that he was going to no ball Morley, where you know he should have given like a warning. You know, yeah. this is what I'm going to do if you. Oh, you know, yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was it was greatly unfair, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. really felt for him. He's a lovely bloke, early, He's a cricket fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> That's his only talk cricket, apparently. <clears throat> yeah, no players want to sit on the plane with him because <laughs> he just, <laughs> yep, chats t- 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 <laughs> cricket nonstop. Yeah, what a player he was, though. <clears throat> yeah, so... Um, -Yes, yeah, so it was a huge embarrassment for the Sri Lankan in front of a huge crowd and millions watching on TV. So the Sri Lankan team were outraged after the incident, but the ICC defended Hare by calling Muroliturran from the bowler's end. Hare overrode what is normally regarded as the authority of the square leg umpire and adjudicating on throwing. Mattai had already been playing Test cricket for three years and it appeared very, un- very unusual that he was now being considered to have an illegal bowling action. And this led to a lot of tensions between Australia and the Sri Lankan cricket team. And, yeah, see, the Aussies, they had a really strong dislike of their captain, Arjuna Ranatunga, because yeah. he was a real shit stirrer. Uh. Yeah, You know, he would pretend that he was injured and he'd call for a runner and, you uh. know, Ian he Healy won... You know, one day or once, you know, was abusing him <laughs> behind the stumps. So, you know, you don't get an umpire for being a fat, lazy slob. Uh. Yeah, um, yeah. So this took years to to mend. You know, the um, cricketing tensions between the two countries. Uh. Yes, yeah, so a biomechanical analysis under simulated playing conditions cleared Matthias action by the International Cricket Council first in 1996 and again in 1999. And according to Jeff Armstrong in the book, The 100 Greatest Cricketers, biomechanics examined Mattia's action in, on, in off-field experiments and concluded that a congenital defect in his arm meant he was incapable of straightening it. However, when he bowled, there was an illusion that he straightened his arm. Now, Tony Gregg he was a massive fan of Matthias. Yeah, he – I think I remember watching once he he um, proved on Channel 9, you know. He got murally and got his arm and he wanted to prove to everyone that Matthias couldn't straighten his arm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tony Gregg was just a massive – he just had a love of Sri Lanka and Sri Lankan cricket. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, – yeah, so he wasn't cheating, you know. So former Australian captain and great Steve Waugh has always always been a strong supporter of Mattire and in, in his autobiography said, quote, he controlled the ball as if it was attached to a string. Each delivery was a mini battle. On Matthew Hayden, he was interviewed once, and he said, every ball you received from Murrili was like facing 14 balls in one. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how good he was, you know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah Steve Waugh said he was also the Dom Bradman of bowling. Gee, that's a big rap, isn't it? Uh-huh. The greatest ever. Now, over the years, Australian fans have been particularly harsh on him, especially jeering, No ball! when Matai came into bowl. Even the Australian Prime Minister, John Howard, stated Matai was a chucker. Matai was very frustrated with the the abuse he received from the Australian crowds and even considered not touring Australia.
3: Mm.
0: However, to his credit, Matai showed enormous courage to go on and have a highly successful career. And according to the Express uh, Tribune, He held the number one spot in the International Cricket Council's player rankings for Test bowlers for a record period of 1,711 days, spanning 214 Test matches. Oh, impressive. Yeah. His best performance came in 1998 against England at the Oval, where he bowled 113.5 overs and claimed 16 wickets for the match including nine for 65 in the second innings to bowl his country the victory. And this, according to Jeff Armstrong, was the fifth best analysis in all Test matches since 1877. Yeah, so he was, you know, before Matai came along, you know, Sri Lanka had a real struggling cricket team because they only came onto the into the Test cricket in, I think it was the early 80s, yeah. And 1996, they won the Cricket World Cup, which uh, Murali was a member of. Uh So, yeah, he was largely responsible for making Sri Lanka a a powerhouse in cricket. Uh Mm, Especially in those subcontinental conditions, you know, on the turning wickets and... Uh uh, Yeah, so, yeah, it's the fifth best analysis in all test matches since 1877. So, until Matai came along, off-spin bowling was seen as unfashionable. However, Matai changed all this. He turned this art of bowling into a weapon on all pitches, not just the dusty and broken ones. Matai developed a new delivery called the Doosra. So, the Doosra is like this, glean comes out. Like that, oh, yeah. so with an off break, it goes from left to right, right. But if it's the batsman facing, it goes right to left. Yeah. Where the deucer goes the other way, it goes from right to left. Mm. So it's it's basically an off a um, mm. off break bowler's wronging. Yeah. yeah, so it goes the other way. Yeah, and he mm. he basically invented that delivery. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and got a lot of his wickets with that. Yeah, so... Yeah, the doosra. So... Yeah, so back then they only allowed like a five-degree bend in the elbow. Yeah, but now they've changed it to like 15 degrees. So mm-hmm. they've relaxed the, the law a lot more, mm-hmm. you know. And according to BBC Sport, in 2002, Wisden ranked Muralitharan as the best test bowler of all time and selected him as the leading cricketer in the world in 2000 and 2006. He averaged over six wickets per test match. And when he retired in 2010, he finished with 800 test wickets at an average of 22.72, with an incredible 67 five-wicket hauls, including <coughs> 10 wickets in a match 22 times. Wow. Yeah. So five-wicket haul by a bowler. Is the equivalent to a century by a batsman. Yeah. Mm. So, bowling average, his bowling average in one day internationals was 23.16 with a best of seven wickets for 30 runs. He played his final match in the World Cup final loss to India in 2011. So, yeah, he copped a lot of criticism too because, you know, comparing him to Shane Mourne at the same time, where Mourne seemed to get all his wickets on all surfaces and against all opposition where morally you know there was criticism that he got his wickets against all the the weaker nations like Bangladesh and Zimbabwe and yeah. but no you know he yeah, not 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 always the case that's for sure mm. so let's see what Matthew Muraliteran's doing now he's 49 years of age in 2007 cricket australia decided to unveil the new worn Muraliteran Trophy after the two spin kings to be contested between Australia and Sri Lanka. The trophy displays images of the two spin bowlers' hands, each holding holding a cricket ball. And according to Martin Blake from The Age, Muraliteran was requested to clarify how his name should be spelled. Cricket Australia spokesman Peter Young confirmed that the spelling he's given... Is Muralidaran Muralidaran? <laughs> they got big tongue twister names, these uh Sri Lankan cricketers. Yeah, there was a they, they had this fast bowler back in the uh 80s and 90s, and his name name was Kapila. Would you gonna want a dinner? <laughs> Where <laughs> for short, they just say Kapila, would you like to go out for dinner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but if you ever get a chance, look at Cheminda Vas, he was their other really good bowler at the time. Yeah. Um yeah, look at look up his real name. <laughs> it's like the alphabet four four or five times. Yeah. Yeah. So Marilita and married Madhimala Ramamurthy, I think that's how you say it, from Chennai, India in two thousand five and the couple had their first child, Naran, in 2006. He has been the bowling coach of Sunrisers Hyderabad, who play in the Indian Premier League since 2015, and has also been a coaching consultant for the Australian national team, which caused controversy when they played against Sri Lanka. Matara is very much involved in philanthropy, and along with his manager, Kushil Kunasekara. Established the charitable organization Foundation of Goodness in the early 2000s. The organization is committed to the well-being of the Sinigama region in Southern Sri Lanka and supports local communities through a range of projects across areas including children's needs, education and training, healthcare and psychosocial support and housing. Yeah, livelihood, sport and the environment. Murali's project has raised funds from cricketers and administrators in England and Australia. And according to ESPNcrickinfo.com, Canadian pop star Brian Adams, who I saw in concert Mm. in 2003 at the Sydney Entertainment Centre, and he was brilliant, he even donated a swimming pool to Murali's cause. How good's that? Good on him. Mm. He has planned to build a second sports complex for war-displaced civilians in Makulam, a town located 300 kilometres north of Colombo. So, Murli escaped death during the 2004 Indian Ocean earthquake which devastated Sri Lanka. Makaya contributed to the relief programs. While international agencies were bringing food in by air, litter and paid for and organized three convoys of 10 trucks each to assist in the distribution. He persuaded those he could to donate clothes and supervise the delivery himself. He even signed an endorsement deal with a large global cement company to help deal with the short supply of cement and help raise four million US dollars <laughs> to help survivors, with the building of homes, schools, sport facilities and computer centres. Uh-huh. So it shows you how devastating that tsunami was, eh? That yeah. is right. Because yeah. that happened right next to Indonesia. Yeah. Sri Lanka's a long way from there, yeah. you know, and it just killed thousands, in mm. Sri Lanka. Yeah. In 2015, Matar and fellow Sri Lankan cricketer Tilakaratni Dilshan were appointed the brand ambassadors for the presidential task force to combat kidney disease. In 2019, it was announced that a biopic would be made titled 800 after his 800 wickets. However, the filming was put on hold due to various reasons, such as political opposition. So, yeah, in Sri Lanka for years now, well, they've had a ceasefire now, thankfully. There was a civil war going on. Yeah. Um it was between the Sri Lankan government and the Tamils. who were uh, in the north of Sri Lanka because uh, they want their own homeland. Uh, and Murali was, you know, he supported the Sri Lankan government uh, um, in the civil war against the Tamils. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, that's the story of Matai Muralitaran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd be great to be coached by, wouldn't he? Yeah. Get a few good tips. Mm. Yeah. So let's look at the events from 1995 now. So we'll look at some of the news events. So Quebec, they held a referendum on whether or not the Canadian province should declare its independence. And according to peoplehistory.com, the no vote won 50.58%. So it's quite a close vote (coughs) because I think over here if we have a referendum, we need like basically 75%, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Quebec, Quebec, Quebec is different. Quebec, <laughs> that's a tongue twister. Because yeah. <laughs> well, they, they're a, a French-speaking province. Yeah. Yeah, well, the rest of Canada isn't, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, you can sort of understand why they wanted independence. It's sort of like mm. the way Western Australia are carrying on now, aren't they? Yeah. Mm.
1: I was just thinking a bit that before about what's going on with all the... Borders opening up And mm. And then I thought Well Should we just get rid of the borders And the state governments All together Or just become Independent countries Yeah Because this is BS that's going on
0: Oh yeah Well it's like Like they are independent countries really Yeah Yeah Like how many states are there in America 50 48 yeah. mainland states Yeah you know, like I wonder if they have all the same dramas with border closures and yeah between their states. do not Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so in the United Nations, they intervened in the Bosnia Civil War and there was a ceasefire after peace agreement and the war ended. The Dayton Accord is signed. was signed by leaders of Bosnia, Serbia, and Croatia, bringing peace to the Baltic area. Mm. Yeah, my neighbours are from Bosnia. And they're actually going back to Bosnia right now. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, you know, they just said it was just a terrible time. Yeah. They escaped. They went and moved, lived in America for years and, uh. and then moved to Australia. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I remember uh, when I went to Croatia in 2007, you know, because Croatia was part of that war too. And, yeah, uh, I was at Tbrovnik, um which is on the coast. It's a city. And, yeah, that was bombed, you know. And, yeah, like I remember going to a memorial of those that lost their lives and, mm-hmm. yeah. And a magnitude 7.3 earthquake occurred Near Kobe, Japan, killing 6,433 people. Uh-huh. Yeah, Terrorists release Sarum nerve gas at Kusumagasiki Station. I think that's how you say it. Kusumagasiki Station. Yep. Killing 12 and sending over 5,000 to hospital. And O.J. Simpson, he was found innocent. What are your views on that, Glenn?
1: Yeah.
0: It was all to do with the glove, they say, yeah. basically. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was as guilty as they come. Yeah. Oh, well. Yep. We shall never... Well, he had a history of uh, domestic violence, you know, um, beforehand, didn't he? And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing what a famous personality, you know, and money can do for you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I forget what that movie was called, but this, um
1: yeah, it was in this movie that, that if you were famous you couldn't um be arrested. Yeah. Because if people famous got arrested, it would make normal people depressed.
0: Yeah. It's alright. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying
1: to think of what that movie was.
0: They're ridiculous as I, <laughs> but I, I but It does I, happen, uh, eh? yeah.
1: Yeah. I saw a great movie on Netflix called um the, the fundamentals the fundament the fundamentals uh uh the fundamentals mm. of caring. hmm I was about this, this this um guy that took there was a carrot and took this the guy he was caring for that he was he was bound to wheelchair and couldn't get up at all out to see the world's biggest pit. Mm. And it was sort of a the the, the guy was also, I had a sense of humour, which I used to do a lot of when I was younger. Yeah. i pretend I was injured and tell me siblings were coming out. we what wrong? What's yeah. wrong? Then, I, <laughs> then I'd give them an uppercut or something like that.
0: <laughs> I used to do that on the soccer field when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Get a nice pedally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the Oakless... Oklahoma City bombing took place, and this was where a terrorist truck carrying a large bomb yeah, bombed the Alfred P. Murray Federal Building in Oklahoma City, United States, and it was perpetrated by two anti-government extremists with white supremacist right-wing terrorist sympathies. The names are mm. Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols, but Timothy McVeigh was the main culprit. Yeah, and the bombing happened at 9.02am and killed at least 168 people and injured more than 680 others. Yeah, and I remember the morning, you know, turning on the news that morning, I was at my parents' holiday place at Shoal Bay. Yeah, and, oh, it was just shocking. Yeah. Was, yeah, like there's this massive building and half of it's just ripped to bits. And, yeah, yeah so basically um, this McVeigh... Yeah, he learned how to make bombs cuz he he was in the army for a while and he, you know, been bullied at school and um. but he was having these terrorist thoughts, you know, at a young age. Yeah, and uh, you know, he believed the government would take away their their rights to, to have guns over there, you know? And that was the main reason why he did it. Yeah. Uh, no, he um was executed Yeah, received the death penalty, thankfully. Uh Yeah. And international rugby league representative forward Ian Roberts, he became the first high-profile Australian sports person and the first rugby footballer in the world to come out to the public as gay. So, yeah, that took a lot of courage. Congratulations to him for that. (laughs) Yeah, because I remember I heard rumours of this because I was living with these guys in um, the early 90s in Narrabeen in Sydney and they were telling me, oh, Ian Roberts is gay. I'm going, oh, yeah, whatever you reckon, you know, because he's like the the toughest, most macho guy you could ever imagine. Like he'd just, you know, if if league players were playing against him, they'd just run the other way. (laughs) Because <laughs> he'd just hammer it, you know, <clears throat> like he was tough as guts. <clears throat> and, yeah, yeah, he uh, came out and he's actually gone into acting. Yeah. <clears throat> mm. And it's good now, you know, more famous sports people are coming out, especially males that's openly gay. You know. <clears throat> yeah, there was a cricket, English cricketer, he came out about 10 years ago. <clears throat> yeah, I forget his name now. And... Yeah, an uh, Australian soccer player, he came out as guy, oh, just recently. Yeah. yeah. so full credit to them.
1: I saw there was a, a show on ABC yesterday afternoon, it, it, it was to do with the, the, uh, the pool, yeah, sort of talking through the history of the pool in Australia, mm. and, there was, and they came across this, this diver, he, he said he, you know, he was the first one, the first Australian sportsman to come out as gay.
0: Oh, was his name Matthew Mitchum? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, he's the um, gold medalist from the Beijing Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, back in the 80s and 90s, yeah. you know, like Greg Laganis, the most famous diver of all time, pretty yeah. much, you know, he, had, he basically... You know, it took him years to come out and yeah. inform everyone. And hey, um, look at Ian Thorpe. Yeah. You know, just in recent years.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I, I know that you know down my mate down had the cafe down at Cronulla Mall, and Ian Thorpe would be down there, and mm. he would be walking along, and there'd be all these, yeah, these um <laughs> these. Yeah, um, very attractive girls walking with him.
0: Oh, really? Uh, yeah,
1: and it, it had been coming to the cafe occasionally. Yeah
0: Well, this is what they'd have to do. A lot of them would have to do this, you know, because they they would they were too, you know, I guess they might have felt ashamed or uncomfortable with, yeah. It, yeah, with doing it, and um, yeah, like oh, would have been four years ago, Matt Chechen. He's a really good NRL rugby league referee. Probably been the best referee in the last 10 years. Mm. Yeah, he came out as gay. He'd been married before in a mm. heterosexual marriage. Um, yeah, just came out in the paper and been in a relationship with a man for a couple of years. And mm. Yeah, but, you know, like he used to... Get overlooked for like some of the real big matches, you know, state of origins and grand finals, where he was by far the best referee. Uh. Yeah, and I think he has just totally got fed up with the NRL, and I think he's gone over to referee in the Super League in England. now. Uh. yeah. So that's just a great loss because you know he was the players really respected him, and yeah. Um, The Anzac Bridge in Sydney was open, the traffic You ever gone gone over that bridge, Glenn? Yeah Yeah, I've been there Been there a few times I remember when it opened, there was a cartoon in the paper The next day And yeah, it was the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House And they were talking, oh, welcome to the gang (laughs) (laughs) It was like that no,
1: I actually like
0: the design
1: of the Anzac
0: Bridge. Oh, it's good, isn't it? I reckon
1: it's a really nice-looking bridge.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's a bit like the Golden Gate, isn't it? Nowhere near the size, but... No, but yeah. yeah,
1: but I think it's, it's got the uniqueness of its own. Mm, yeah, exactly. And it's shown in a lot of TV Australian TV series I see then. Yeah. Yeah, compared to the Harbour Bridge. Yeah. Um, the pl- Show well, that was made in the late 90s with water rats. Mm. There's quite a few shows there that has the, that's based around the Anzac Bridge.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, when, when I was in Sydney in April, because um, I was staying near the Harbour Bridge there, yeah. and I was saying that um, I read somewhere the Harbour Bridge was only designed to be built for 100 years. Now it's like ninety years old now, yeah. basically. Yeah, so I hope it doesn't bloody crash. Here's <laughs> <laughs> <Years> by date. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this bridge this bris- will self-destruct.
0: Yeah. So we'll look at film now. Say, so the movie Braveheart, and Mel Gibson was in it. I think he directed it too. I, I remember watching that at the cinema in Penrith, <laughs> and after about. Twenty minutes. I reckon half the half the people in the cinema walked out. Yeah. It was just too gory for them. Uh-huh. I think they got fed up with you know, like blood and guts and far out. But it was a great movie. Yeah, uh-huh. the movie Seven with Brad Pitt. Did you ever see that one? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a bit graphic too. And oh, Pulp Fiction. Uh. One of my favourites The first time I saw that movie I didn't know what to make about it Uh. But then I The more I watch it I just think Gosh What a Quentin Tarantino He's a genius Absolute genius The way he Constructed that movie Uh. Yeah (laughs) I think I've I've seen it so many times now I basically know all the words Word by word (laughs) 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 And Billy Madison yeah uh, Yeah I like that movie Yeah What's his name Adam Sandler Yeah uh, And Babe And Dangerous Minds That was Michelle Pfeiffer Wasn't it Yeah uh, Yeah Roughest gut school In America yeah.
1: Cause when When Sammy's picking out A movie to watch At night time She, she keeps on Asking me Have you seen this one I okay. go Yeah Yes Yes I've stopped But, but the ones that I've seen that she hasn't, I just say, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah. No, I've seen it because I want to watch it with, him, with her. So.
0: Mm. Well, these were the days back around, you know, like you'd be going to the video shop all the time, wouldn't you? Yeah. I know I would. Yeah. I'd be constantly getting movies out.
1: Do you remember ever going to a video um, shop and picking out a movie that was actually on TV that night? yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've done that so many times. we yeah. have going through looking at the video I go, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen that one. I get that one I get a hammer. Yeah.
0: Oh. But then you have to return the bloody thing it's afterwards. T- yeah, yeah, you, you paid
1: $5 <laughs> for it and it's on, it's on TV for free tonight.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's how the advertising gets to you. You don't know. And you but, couldn't uh,
0: leave them lying in a car on a hot day, I, or else they'd melt. <laughs> <laughs> and um,
1: I know, when videos first came out, this shop in Port Cray, they wanted you to, they wanted you to leave your license.
0: Yeah, that's
1: right. As as um as. Security would just take that legal.
0: Yeah. Well, they'd (laughs) normally do that when you're signing up. But was this each time you got a video out? Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. So if
1: you got pulled up on the way home by the police, you'd be fine for not carrying your license. Yeah, that is illegal. You can't do that. And and then it went over to something like a $100 security bond.
0: Yeah. Jeez.
1: Yeah, you know, because Pop McCray's
0: Hopefully, they got, got shut down.
1: Twenty at the time, Pop was twenty minutes each way. Mm. So you get one video. Yeah, take it back and watch it. Gosh. Yeah.
0: So was this like uh, one of the bigger ones, like Video Easy, or no, just? A oh, this is just smaller a smaller one.
1: A smaller one. This is yeah. way. This is long before mm. Video Easy came out. Well, yeah Because you know, Port McCoy is a large country town Yeah So It wasn't until down the track mm. Before those We got those sort of stores But then
0: Now they're all vanished Yeah that's right It's all i not Have there. they still got that one up at the, Near the recovery centre there That big one No uh, no
1: nah, nah, Well there is one there That's sort of a mixture Yeah It's a mixed business so Mm. It's got videos for me and okay. other
0: knickknacks, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But no. Well, I think a lot of the kiosks are closing down now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, as you say, like it's just all online. Yeah. Mm. So in TV, we had The Simpsons, Mr. This. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, yes. It was brilliant. Rowan Atkinson, yeah. The Footy Show. I think a lot of the humour they had then, you couldn't get away with now. Yeah. <laughs> and Home and Away. Yeah. Home and a drama, I'd call it. And Neighbours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's still going today, both those shows.
1: So, so do you have a memory, memorable episode of The Simpsons?
0: <sighs> there was one episode where he came out to Australia, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, after you, yeah, made that
1: long phone call to see whether the water in the toilet did flush the opposite way.
3: Oh, yep. Was that the one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like the one that that, that um Barton Millhouse got this this watch that could freeze yeah freeze time and they were, and they they got to a point where Everyone was frozen and, and it got the, – the watch got broke so they were stuck. Yeah. In the future, because everyone froze around <laughs> them and unable to do – yeah.
0: Yeah. No one
1: else to talk to. Or, oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't a real – I wasn't really into it, really. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I remember I recorded heaps of episodes because I'd uh, – No, that, that's illegal.
1: Yeah. You time shifted.
0: No, this was from TV. No, yeah. no, no you don't record
1: from TV. That's illegal. <laughs> it's called time shifting.
0: Time shifting. Right. Yeah, so you
1: shift it to a time so you can yeah. watch it. <laughs> that's, that, that's what we used to call it.
0: Well, I used to, time to take them to school yeah. and um, I was working at a roughest gut school and Western Sydney doing relief teaching yeah. And a lot of the times The teachers wouldn't leave lessons so I put The Simpsons on And they were as yeah. good as gold <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah looking at music now We had Wonderwall by Oasis And Gangster's Paradise by Coolio That was from Dangerous Minds A movie And Fantasy by Mariah Carey Waterfalls by TLC, and Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Yeah, you remember those songs? Yeah. Mm. Righty yo, I think music all went downhill after that, didn't it? Pretty much.
1: Oh, it's been going downhill since the eighties
0: finished. I think you're right. Yeah. And so out into the early
1: nineties wasn't too bad, but mm. and there's so much of the local Gold Coast music. That Still has the um, influences of the 80s, 70s, and mm. even as far back as the early 50s. Yeah,
0: what's that station called again? 94.1 FM. 94.1 FM. Yeah, yeah we'll give it a good plug. It's a great station be- yeah. because
1: you can be hearing a real good classic from the 60s and go straight to something from today, which is really good. Yeah. And it's it, it just. I just find it—it's a good, really good mix,
3: because
1: mm. for some stations you get a really good song, and it'll be just, yeah, it'll just be followed by a
0: real crappy one. That's right. And you going to change then, it all. yeah, hundred ads yeah. between. I have got yeah. a question for you.
1: Oh, oh, oh yeah, before I finish, when you mention a hundred ads, yeah, those stations that that, that carry on about. Fifty minutes, ad free, but they probably spend about fifteen minutes talking.
0: That's right. That is fifty yeah. minutes, especially ad in, free. in the afternoon. Yeah. Oh, it'd be agonising.
1: Oh, another fifty minutes of free ads. Yeah, yeah. But between every song, they'd be telling us there's another fifty minutes.
0: Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Now my question is, what's what's your most favourite song ever? Favorite song ever. That like you could listen to it and never get bored of it.
1: Um well it was I it's really hard to um to put it down to one. Yeah. But the um the song was done with a and John and oh uh, Cliff
0: Richards. Oh, yep. Suddenly. That's right,
1: yeah. that that, that that's, that's, um, that's, um, yeah, pretty special to me, yeah, yeah. for me and Sam. Mm-hmm. But also, my old mates of mine that I've known since primary school and they've got their own band called Ghost Road.
3: Yeah. A lot of
1: their songs. Especially, hey um, old friend.
0: Yeah, yeah so that's a, it. You know, it doesn't have to be like a like nah, one of the great nah, greatest. Nah, you know, one of the greats nah, like nah, Dalton nah. John or Bowie or yeah, yeah. yeah but, or the but, Beatles.
1: Yeah, because I, I look at songs. Yeah, you know, for me, what I what I call a favourite song, it's got a, it's got a good truthful. Story to it mm. It means something Yeah exactly Yeah, yeah. It's just something that um, There's and, so many isn't there Yeah you know, j- j- Just when the, That song that comes on the radio And you sort of just Yeah And, and you might be having one of those days Yeah Like um, And then the, And then there's that one song haven't had for a while that just got real meaning to it, and you just go, "Ah, oh, uh, mm. I'm glad that uh, these songs come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you heard of the song Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty?
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, man, I could listen to that yeah. 24-7, yeah. non-stop, yeah. all the time. Yeah. 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 That is yeah. just, well, he's basically a one-hit wonder, that guy, but- Jeez, what a song that is. Just the music and the, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, no, it's, I'm like you, you know, I like the songs, um, you know, the lyrics and yeah, you know, what's behind the lyrics. Yeah. And, yeah. What's your favourite, most favourite song, Livy? I don't really have one. You don't really have one? Mm. Righto. Okay, let's look at some sporting events now of 1995. Now in cricket. Australia retain the Ashes at home, defeating England. Three test to one. We just won the uh, first test the, uh, a short time ago here at the Gabba by nine wickets, but still another four tests to go. <laughs> yeah, like, I think, um, yeah, it's going to be a really close series.
1: Is this the Ashes?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think England are going to come back. Like, if, you know... Um, yeah, and we've got injuries. We're going to have we've got injuries going into the next test match, and you know they've rested some of their best bowlers for the next game, and especially in Adelaide, the next test, the orange, bo- the pink ball test, with a lot of it's going to be played at night, and the ball's going to be hooping around. Yeah, yeah. James Anderson um. and Stuart Broad—they're going to be licking their lips. So, uh, yeah, and if David Warner's out. He could be out with a, a broken rib. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, there's still no decision on where the fifth test will be. I think they might be waiting to find out what how the series goes. Because I think if beach it's... Beach
1: cricket. Beach cricket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the beach cricket
0: getting that yellow, Um, you'd, you know, you'd purchase the equipment, uh. yeah, with it from from the bottle shop and you'd, you'd get that... Uh, That mat, you know, the yellow mat, Uh, it set up as the pitch and, uh, oh, it was good as useless and it'd just get full of sand and, uh, oh, God. Yeah. But when I played in the Caribbean, it was great because that's how a lot of their great players were brought up, you know. That's uh, how they developed their skill from beach cricket uh, because the ball would just skid off, you uh, know. Yeah. uh, You know, they just had great reflexes. That's how they've. Develop them, I reckon. Hmm. Yeah, so, for the first time, the Triangular One Day International Series became a four-team series with the addition of Australia A. You are a big fan of that format, weren't you, Glenn? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Australia finally defeated the West Indies 2-1 in the West Indies to win the Sir Frank Worrell Trophy for the first time since 1975. And it was a young Glenn McGrath who stood tall, taking 17 wickets for the series to lead the Aussie bowling attack that had been weakened by the loss of Craig McDermott and Damien Fleming due to injury. And in the fourth and deciding test match, there was a magnificent 231-run partnership by brothers Steve and Mark Wall. Mark scored 126 runs and Steve a brilliant 200. The Aussies went on to win the match in Jamaica by an innings and 53 runs and there was massive celebrations after years of anguish. I remember I think it was a test match before in Trinidad. Yeah, um, Steve Waugh and Curtly Ambrose nearly came the blows.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Steve Waugh he was swearing at um Curtly Ambrose and Curtly Ambrose, you know, Fairly said boo uh. and, um, just a fearsome fast bowler uh. and, uh, yeah, don't, you saying don't curse me man, don't <laughs> curse me, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll punch you out, I'll, you know, I'm happy to retire right now, <laughs> basically, yeah, but, um. Yeah, Queensland won its first ever Sheffield Shield for the first time in 68 years. And according to the book Australian Sport Free Time, they, they had been a runner-up on 14 occasions. More than 12,000 fans turned up on the last day to see Queensland finally raise the shield. I think that was Alan Borders' last match too. Yeah. Yeah. But they've won lots of Sheffield Shields ever since then. Yeah. Mm. And the Super League war erupted in Rugby League with News Limited beginning their raid on the game with the aim of establishing a competition called Super League with a $300 million budget and player salaries of $500,000. So, and, uh, you know, Rugby League players, all of a sudden, they'd be earning thirty, 000, forty thousand dollars 40000 a year and they're earning over half a million dollars overnight. So they were the real winners. Um, Channel 9 boss Kerry Packer reminded the 20 ARL clubs of their contractual obligations and stated his refusal to consider the Super League proposal. Yeah, News Limited conducted a raid on the players, coaches and clubs and appointed former Brisbane Broncos boss and international John Rebo to run the breakaway competition. I remember that night he went on the footy show. And, oh, man, he was just ambushed, you know. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, you had Fatty Voughton and Sterlo and Ray Hadley and Bob Fulton, and they were all pro-ARL. Yeah. 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 And the whole audience was giving it the John Reebok. <laughs> yeah, he was a very unpopular guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was a bidding war between the ARL and Optus Vision. Yeah, and News Limited. It began with the players, the big winners. It ended up in the courts, and unfortunately, the fight was all about big business, TV rights, and control of the game. And long-time friendships were permanently ruined, forever. And Canterbury won the ARL Grand Final, claiming their seventh title, upsetting favourites Manly, 17 points to four. And four new teams entered the competition at the start of the season the Auckland Warriors, which are now the New Zealand Warriors, North Queensland Cowboys, the Western Reds, who no longer exist, and the South Queensland Crushers, who no longer exist too. And they they had a top eight final series for the first time. So it went from top five in the finals to a top eight. I think it went in the top ten at one stage, but it went back to the top eight. And in State of Origin, Queensland, coached by Paul Fatty v- Vorton, won the series 3 0. They were labelled as Faddy's Nevilles, Neville Nobodies. <clears throat> Queensland were given no chance of winning at the start of the series and had to search for eligible players due to the Super League ball. Mm-hmm. Was it last week or the week before I was talking about the story about Ben Eichen? <laughs> when he- he um, met Fatty Voughton in the lift. Fatty uh, Voughton, the coach, he had no idea who he was. Uh, <laughs> he thought he was just a pest of a kid looking for an autograph. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm actually playing for you. And Australia won the Centenary Rugby League World Cup at Wembley, defeating England 16 points to eight in the final. There it was a fine performance by the Kangaroos, led by Brad Fittler and man of the match, Andrew Johns. The side contained only players signed with the ARL. And in the America's Cup, in Yachting, Australia's best challenger, won Australia, sank in the San Diego waters during a race against New Zealand boat, Black Magic. In South Africa, they won the Rugby World Cup, defeating favourites, New Zealand in the final. 15 points to 12, an extra time in Johannesburg. And the great man, President Nelson Mandela, wearing a number 6 Springbok rugby shirt and cap, showed great pride in in presenting the Webb Ellis Cup to South African captain, Francois Pinner. A field goal by England's Rob Andrew in injury time put an end to Australia's hopes in the quarterfinal. And in AFL, Carlton won its 16th Premiership, defeating Geelong in the Grand Final by 61 points. And Earlier in the year, AFL great Ted Whitten, he passed away, losing his battle with cancer. He was known by many as Mr Football and considered to be the greatest ever to play the game. And in golf, American Ben Crenshaw won his second US Masters. He was a brilliant putter, that guy. Oh, he was dynamite to watch on the greens. Yeah. Yeah. And John Daly, the wild thing, won a memorable playoff against Italian Constantino Rocco to win the British Open. Now, I remember this. Rocco, he had a um, a shot from – it was like 65 feet away, like on the edge of the green, to uh, tie – to. He had to get the ball in to force it into a playoff. Uh. So 65-foot putt uphill and he sunk it. And uh. I'll put it on um, YouTube. Yeah, just how he celebrated afterwards. Uh. Oh, gosh. But unfortunately, he couldn't win um, in the playoff. Yeah. So in tennis, Mary Pearce from, a, from France won the Australian Women's Singles title. That was a wonderful achievement for her because her father was a madman. Yes, yeah. yeah, so, you know, we've seen over the years, like, you know, Yelena Dokic, and unfortunately they've got these horrible fathers, you know, who just make their life misery. Yeah. And unfortunately that was the case for Mary Pierce. Yeah. yeah so, so Pete Sampras, he won the men's Wimbledon singles title. And the baseball World Series was won by the Atlanta Braves. Okay, Glenn, what took place in motorsport? Rum!
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, manual sound effects is fake facts. Yep. Uh, Germans Michael Schumacher won the Formula One driving championship with Hunt, His second successful title.
0: What are you laughing at, there? I'm laughing at Sam. <laughs>
1: Huh? Uh where am I? Yeah, Ozzie McDermott won the Motorcycle 500 World Championship on a Honda. Which title was it?
0: That would have been his... 92, he had his crash. 93 was his comeback. Yeah. 94 was his first. 95, so I reckon second. Second title. Yeah. How many titles did you win together? Oh, five. Yeah. Yep. It's five yeah. from memory. 94, uh-huh. 95, uh-huh. 96, 97, 98. I remember because he was our special guest about a month ago. Yeah. yeah. What was about? He? more than that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nah. I
3: would
0: be wrong. Valentino. He Valentino Rossi.
3: Yeah. He did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had like 12 or
0: didn't he? He's still going. No, he's retired. Oh, he's retired. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah he retired a few years ago. So no, don't no, 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 no.
3: remember.
1: No.
0: no. what's in
3: watching that thing, remember? Yeah, yeah. Like
1: yeah, 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 no. Oh, you're all right. But
0: Come and join us. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was yeah, 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 yeah. But Valentine Rossi only just just retired this year. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it he, is yeah, I
2: didn't end up watching the
0: whole thing. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, sorry, no, that was just water playing. No. I'll have to yeah. watch it. Yeah. 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 It's a new thing on there, but it does expire around because it's a bit of the series. Oh, okay. But the shoe thing's on too, isn't it? That's, that's been on for a fair while. It has actually been on yeah. for about two years. Oh, has it? I can't believe that's still on there. Yeah, but this motorbike one that Glenn and I watched, mm. was all
1: about... Today's Riders. Yeah, the yeah. There were names in there today that I didn't ever recognise. Yeah, but the, also...
2: It's
1: all the, about Casey Stone, all
2: about
1: Valentina Rossi, all about... Marcus, Owen, Marcus, Marcus, or... About Marcus Ambrose
0: was the driver. That, yeah, but there's some
1: Mark,
2: Mar, Mar, Marcus
0: Moses, or... Yeah, well, there was a few names I said there this, a few names... But, but apparently... I what... But, have you ever no, seen, seen the – um, if you get a chance, yeah. see the one on Ayrton Centre. Yeah, the peak of the Apex. Yes, it's brilliant. I did, I did, oh, you did? I did a, um, I did a project yeah. in
2: grade three or grade four on Apex Centre. Really? Center, my, my dad knew Apex
0: Centre yeah.
2: and my pop through the go-karting yeah. seat, but not long later did he pass away and my yeah. pop took over all the engines yeah. and everything like that. So yeah. I'm – my family knew Anton and I personally—yeah—fair person income. For dinner, and he'd come and stay at my Poppy Neil's place. Jeez. Just for a place to stay, because um, he was right into the motor, motorsport business and blah blah. Yeah. Um, like has told you a few things, but this motorbike thing on Netflix Apex—I yeah. think it was called. Yeah. Right. Watch definitely, definitely. Okay. 100% watch if you if you're interested in today's yeah. viewing of of
0: the motorbike down to MacDylan, I guess. Oh, brilliant. We'll have to watch that.
2: Yeah, no, you will. Yeah.
0: Definitely. The centre one I really enjoyed because I've.
2: That's an older one, though, hey.
0: Yeah, but I've never been a a big fan of motorsport. But when I saw that, wow. How could you not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, incredible. (laughs) Thanks, Sam. That's semi section (laughs) I suppose, yes. I (laughs) was just be
3: dishing one
0: day. (laughs) She can be a wheel girl We'll have a wheel next week (laughs) Spin the wheel
1: Okay now Oh Larry Perkins uh, Larry Perkins Perkins And Russell Ingall Driving the Castro Commodore One at Bathurst One thousand Now you put Driving a Castro Commodore yeah. Commodore doesn't make a Castro car Oh I know that So it's there oh, Because it's sponsored by Oh Castro. okay you know, They're driving a Commodore
0: Right it's So Castro's a sponsor Yeah What 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 sort of product is it? Oil Oil Yeah I thought yeah. so Yeah Yeah Right Okay Now, now that I been
1: being smarter <laughs> I thought what I was no, saying that's yeah. good
0: Good to know Yeah <laughs> i was trying to, catch to learn it. something every I was day. Tra- I was
1: trying to catch up. <laughs> <out, but> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, the touring the, the Australian touring car championship was won by John Bowden driving Dick Johnson's racing Ford EF Falcon. Canadian
0: Jacques event. Villeneuve 100. Oh Jacques Villeneuve That's right Jacques Villeneuve Yeah Won the Indy 500 Would that have been Before he went the Formula 1 Or after I think it might have been before Yeah because he yeah. went the Formula 1 And he won one or two world titles there I remember Yeah, yeah. Alright yeah, so. yeah I think he's still racing Jacques Villeneuve mm-hmm. too yeah.
1: Now to reveal this week's who am I? Who am
0: I? And the answer is Jonah Lomu. Yeah. Yeah. What a player he was. Yeah. So sad that he died at an early age. Yeah, he um, – I remember seeing him live one night in a Bledisloe Cup game at the Olympic Stadium just before the Olympics in Sydney. Yeah. 110,000 there that night. Yeah. And he won <laughs> – he scored the winning try. Uh, but oh man, he was just, you know, how would you go tackling him? Yeah. Uh, uh, he was 120 kilos, could run 100 yards and like uh, 10 flat or so. Yeah. Uh, um, but just a lovely human being. And yeah, just, I remember just before he died, I remember seeing this documentary on Foxtel. And he actually went to South Africa. And he went into the townships, and you know he was there with all the you know the kids and yeah, just um and he was talking to he caught up with some of the South African players from that world Cup final, Ugh. you know, and yeah, and formed a really close bond with them, and one of the guys, I think it might have been their half back, the South African guy he um I think he had motor neuron disease from memory. Yeah. And Jonah Lomi was just, you know, like, just wonderful with him. and Bugger. Yeah, just wonderful bloke. Very sad loss. Greatly missed, Jonah. Yeah, I remember going to a uh, museum in New Zealand, a rugby museum in Auckland, and they had a lifestyle (laughs) construction of him. Oh, man, one big unit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so next week, what do you reckon? We'll go back to the 70s? Let's yeah. Finish 19, do 1979. What would you, what do you think? 1979? Yeah.
1: yeah. okay. Yep. Yeah, just before the-
0: And We'll have a final one of the year. We'll have a winners and losers for the year. Yeah. And, yeah, touch on 1979. The final for the year. Yeah, because I'll be away the following week. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we'll also have the slap of the year. The slap of the year, yep. And um,
0: the reward of the year. The reward and the slap of the year. Sounds good. I like it. Okay, so thanks for joining us for this episode of the Sports Shack. So it's a goodbye from Paul. And it's a goodbye from Glenn. Goodbye. Bye. G'day. It's me again. Please check out the Sporting Shack on Facebook if you like this, for posts and other likes and shares. Have a great sporting week.
2: Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Until next time.